and welcome to The Hill Is Always Greener, a show where four friends have chill discussions about Sonic the Hedgehog, whose life may be at its end, oh no, uh, to distract themselves from the inevitable <laughs> passage of time and their own rapidly waning ability to, re- to relate to the youth and their own impending mortality, as well as that oh. of a corporate mascot character. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hi, I'm Falero. I'm Cyberlink. I'm Game Buddy. I'm Rock the Jake. And who's that with us this time? Well, I guess that's gospel. Oh, well, we got a we got a special person here. Why don't you tell us who you are? Uh, yeah, well, I guess I'm I'm a visual novel developer, uh, artist, writer mainly, and I was invited, I guess, due to my background regarding these things, given the topic that's discussed today. <laughs> I'm also from Germany. I guess that's probably irrelevant. It's incredibly relevant. We've never had a German person on here before. <laughs> that is true. I just realized that. It's like, oh, wow, we really need to branch out like culturally, and here we are. <laughs> so what's your history with Sonic Gospel, Do you, if you have one at all? Um, well, I, I do have one, but uh, it's like I grew up mainly a Nintendo kid, so I didn't really have anything to do with Sonic uh, during my childhood. Although I obviously did know the character, but like I didn't have the consoles or any of the games, so it was like much much uh, later that I, I I can't remember if like if I played the the original games first or if that was later, but the first Sonic game that I definitely bought myself that was Colors for the Wii. Oh wow! And, wow. Yeah. Oh nice. Yeah, and it's like I, I really got into that game. Like I really enjoyed it. Um, I guess like I, I know it has been like re-released uh, relatively recently. But if you were to ask me about my favorite Wii game in general, I guess I would say it's Sonic Colors. Huh. Um, I I really really got into that game uh, so much so that when like Generations came out shortly afterwards, I got that immediately as well. Like even both versions. Because essentially, like the PS3 and uh, 3DS games were separate things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at that point, I got curious about the series in general, and uh, I did play the the original uh, Genesis games. Uh, I have to admit that I didn't finish the the first two, I guess, because I think the first two yeah, the, the, were those kinds of games you had to finish in one go. And I were, <laughs> and I, and I never was able to do that. But uh, yeah, I did play those at least. They also get very hard by the end. I just, when I hear a non-American call it Genesis, my my heart sh- shrivels in my chest. I'm like, how does this happen? But you did said you're a Nintendo kid. I'm sure you didn't have a Sega Mega Drive as you should have had. Growing Let up. it go. <laughs> For the PAL territory, the real toner. Um, that's cool though, because I've I don't know if I don't know if it's the first time I've heard someone say that they came like they came into Sonic on Sonic Colors and they weren't like what twelve years old. Uh, but that's really interesting. I suppose it's because you grew up as a Nintendo kid. Yeah. And uh, as as loath as I am to bring an enemy into the podcast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Lots of people are Nintendo kids here. Technically, the war is long since over. Yeah, especially after the release of Wanda compared to Superstar. Anyway, let's get, we can't, can't dwell on this. We can't retread old territory. Well, I mean, look at this podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you, so yeah, you, you didn't come into this completely blind to Sonic. Just, you're just not like quite as dyed in the wall Sonic fan as us 
terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, like on a, on a funny side note, my my brother his birthday was last Sunday, and he did actually get uh, Sonic Adventure Two uh, oh. for his birthday for the like the original Dreamcast game. Oh, how oh yeah. and, nice! Uh, we actually played that together a little bit over the past week because it has this like fun two player mode. Uh, so yeah, I, I kind of played that too. So so actually, when I was playing the visual novel, I was confused by all the characters, but at least like now I also <laughs> know where like Shadow is from. It's funny to imagine you playing like, wait a minute, why is Shadow alive? <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. Like sometimes I do wonder about like how like compl- like people who don't know Sonic fans at all would take to this game, although apparently pretty well. But uh, yeah, sorry, we should actually talk about the game. Uh, we haven't actually brought it up properly yet. Uh, what are we talking about this time, lads? We are talking about the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. That's right, it's a murder mystery game about Sonic the Hedgehog, released for free on the internet. Sorry, this is a really strange anomaly in Sonic's history, but a welcome one. You know, it's... Gosh, like when you when you when you like hear about what it is, it's easy to get like cynical about it. It's like, oh right, so a big company released a visual novel game as a joke on April Fools. I'm sure that's not going to be like the most like horrible uh, take piss out of the medium sort of game possible. But it's well, it's different to that, and I'm happy to say it is. So, so let's talk about where this came from. Does someone want to take the lead here? <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did a little digging on this. Uh, there's actually a really good. There's actually two really good sources I've been using. One is an article from Kotaku, and one is an interview from Game Informer, basically talking about the making of this game, which started. You you could say that the idea to make something special for April Fools. The genesis of the idea, I know, uh, I see what I did there, uh, kind of came up during the premiere of the first Sonic movie back in 2020, where uh, Katie Krasnowski, the uh, social media manager, was, you know, seeing the premiere with a group of other uh, developer friends and was like, you know, we we should totally do something like with Sonic. Like, we should make a game, just a fun little side thing for, like, the Sonic social media space and it wasn't until years later that you know that idea really started to take form and you know went through the whole pitch process got approval uh like got all the resources together and it really was from everything i understand just a complete labor of love on the part of everybody involved you know like you said making a visual novel for april fool's day or just as a joke you know there is sort of a cynical uh, outlook to it these days where it's just like, oh yeah, something you can throw together real quick, you know, making fun, kind of making fun of the genre. But no, this is, this is a couple steps above I love you, Colonel Sanders, let's say. Yeah. And that is kind of the thing because people like, as a person who's a big fan of visual novels, and I'm sure gospel as someone who has made them and is working on one right now, uh, will, will attest that there is this sort of like pretentious look from people who don't actually make them or play them that look down on visual novels as this kind of like lesser form of gaming, like this sort of like, oh, it's not quite a book. It's not quite a game. It's not even a game. And people think it's like easy to pump out and 
They are not. <laughs> they are so, no. so, so wrong. And like, it's, it's just this little game alone took over a year of development. Nah. Yeah, it's it's not a subject we can or should get into detail on this show. But I think there is also a lot of unfortunate like, oh, visual novels, novels, those weird Japanese text dating games. And. It's just really breaks my heart when people don't want to like interact with the genre at all because of those preconceived notions, because there's, I mean, there's so, I mean, yes, there are dating games that are visual novels and those are also great, but yeah, there's, there's tons of different genres that just happen to be in, in this format of game. And the, yeah, and it is kind of unfortunate that on the same day i'm pretty sure it was like sega Hardlight put out like a sort of like oh here's a sonic speed dating parody dating sim thing that we may have mocked up and it's just like yeah i know you probably didn't know much about what was going on on this on the sonic the hedgehog uh, twitter at the time but read the room a little bit yeah should have <laughs> should have should have checked with your other you know you're under the sega branch to see what y'all were doing <laughs> yep but yeah no this is a team that clearly has a lot of love for the genre like they've you know explicitly said yeah no we were hugely inspired by ace attorney and danganronpa and the sixth chapter of paper mario the thousand years <laughs> 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 It's so it is so heartening to see. It. We'll get into what it how it is and what the quality is like. But just just out of the outset, this is such a, an encouraging piece of Sonic media right off the bat uh, because they could like okay they did go this was handled by the social media manager and they did approach it from a. a a mindset of what can we do to get people really interested right off the bat because that's what you do on social media a lot of the time if you're working for a big brand company you're looking for eye-catching things and yes after the, the, the big thing they announced was hey we're taking sonic back to the beginning we're going to give you finally what you want from sonic we've killed him uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that on its own like if you look at that you're like oh okay it's a little bit cynical but no it's good, actually. It's just, the, it's just the, the, it is the eye-catching thing, but it's a good one. They gotta hook you. Yeah. Yep. And it works. Uh, so one of the cool things about the game is actually the the talent behind it. the The people behind it aren't people who are completely new to game development or you know creative arts at all. Um, for instance, we have the primary writer is Ian Muchler who was also the storyboard artist on several cartoons, including the Mania Adventures and the Team Sonic Racing Overdrive. And as it says in our outline here, he's also the father of Ian Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, if you've you've seen that wolf guy with the gamer hat and the dead eyes that showed up in the 30th anniversary symphony concert and IDW Sonic and... Well, in this game, on one of the pictures, that is that is Ian Mutchler's OC, Ian Jr. <laughs> I love that he keeps showing up unexpectedly in things. It's my baby boy. <laughs> but after that, we also have uh, the primary programmer, Greg Botha, who also worked on Dream Daddy, another visual novel. 
a a very good one that's been on my list for a while. I haven't actually gotten around to yet. I know, me too. I'm looking at uh, several of these other bona fides from the development team, and I'm like, oh yeah, I got to play that and that. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny because I did briefly take a look at a certain gaming channel's playthrough of. Uh, this particular game and i was like oh they're being very complimentary about it oh right the guy working on it did their thing okay, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and speaking of additional bona fides the art direction for the game was by ellen aslop i think i said the name right <laughs> who uh sure. also worked on goodbye volcano high yeah the th- i mean we will get into it i love the art direction for this game oh, and oh, yes. yeah i've not gotten around to goodbye Vo- volcano high but the the art direction for that game as well is like i have to experience this just because of this art and yeah man it just draws you in it's it definitely looks like um honestly it looks like a, a modern storybook mm-hmm and I'm talking about um, Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog because I, I have not seen Goodbye Volcano High. <laughs> yeah, Murder of Sonic, the art, it it kind of does evoke like um, like the, the modern illustrations you see, like a lot of IDW comic art. And mm-hmm. yeah, now that I think about it, it does kind of look like some of the storybook games art. I bet you meant storybooks in like a literal sense there, Jake. Well, that's what I meant as well, but <laughs> I, I mean, I, I know and, and I, I kind of meant both. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you and, mean. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I, I say that just because my, from my experience, I have a niece who like I, I look at some of her books and she hands them to me and I look through the art. And so it looks similar to that way. I'm not saying mm-hmm. I'm not saying the art looks like baby art. I'm just saying that like it's got a certain modern aesthetic to it that is yeah. very enticing. Lots of good uses of screen tones and textures as well. Yes. Yeah. And then to round out the development team, uh, the game was composed by Troop Gamage. I don't know if I said that right at all. <laughs> um, uh, it says here, uh, of whom are Solar Ash and Mutant Muds, and Joel Korolitz, uh, who worked on Unfinished Swan, Goragoa, as well as additional tracks on Death Stranding and Halo Infinite. Oh, oh wow. Awesome. Okay. Uh, and then this says that both of them are collaborating again on Hyper Light Breaker. Ooh, Interesting. I, I liked Hyperlight Drifter a lot, so I'm looking forward to that. One. <laughs> yeah, and, and so because of because of the love and the care that went into this game, and because it's just like a legitimately good game. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, uh, an interesting thing is, and they even say this in the uh, the Game Informer documentary with the uh, the social lead. Uh, this is the Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog is legitimately one of the best reviewed Sonic games ever. For real. <laughs> I mean, it's not the longest of Sonic games, so they didn't have as much an opportunity to screw it up, I suppose, if you want to be really <laughs> cynical about it. But it's, yeah. well, gosh, they did it. Like, I was going to say, how could you screw something like this up? Easily. Lots of people screw up games like this all the time. But yes, it's true. Golly, did a good job with this one. They sure did. <laughs> <laughs> so... So and since we've talked about <laughs> since we've talked about the team, um, well, actually, you know, before we do that, uh, Gospel, uh, since you've played the game as well, um, do you have any thoughts about the art direction and the the music and some of these uh, more aesthetic qualities that we talked about? Well, like the the art direction, I really enjoyed as well. Like the the backgrounds, they're kind of simple, but they do the job well enough. But what I really enjoyed were like the character sprites. Mm. Um, they were very expressive, um, and they had a surprising amount of like different poses and everything. Didn't like you said before. Like when when I went into this, I just expected this, or when it was first announced, I just expected this to be a meme game, uh, like that's just a couple minutes long. 
and I was pleasantly surprised by uh, all the effort uh, and well, clearly passionate went into this. Uh, and it it shows like in even in the art, uh, like there there's a couple like special illustrations even where like uh, I don't know like Sonic is catching Amy or whatever. The, the colors, the, the the style, the the sprites are drawing is very appealing to me. Like I, I love this kind of colorful art style. Awesome. And you and you were saying that like about the poses. There are even some of my favorite visual novels, and granted, some of them are made by smaller groups who don't have as many resources available as Sonic the Hedgehog. But like some of them, they won't. They'll just like have one pose and like just change the expressions around that, and that's a perfectly acceptable way of doing a visual novel. But no, they went all out with like the selection of sprites here, mm. and gosh, it just looks nice. Yeah, I love that everybody like all the posing is as dynamic as it is. Cause you know, I've also uh, have a lot of visual novels. I like where it's just kind of the same pose with different facial expressions, but no, it seems like they largely, you know, it's a bespoke drawing for almost every expression, which is, it really serves to kind of instill a lot of life into the game. It, I, di- I didn't pay like too close attention to it, but it feels like there's like a couple of sprite uh, expressions and poses that maybe only show up like once or twice in the entire game where it's like you didn't need to do that, <laughs> but they still did it anyway. Oh, yeah, there definitely are a few that only are used in specific instances. Oh, that's what I love in my visual novels. <laughs> like, it's a completely <laughs> unnecessary extra effort just to make something special. Yeah, I'm all for that. <laughs> well, uh, it was mentioned that like this game isn't just like you know a meme machine, but because it was spearheaded by the social media team, there there are like a few cute little nods to things here and there. Uh, the most obvious one I think is you know Sonic's murder pose, which I believe I was told <laughs> <laughs> was uh, the the Peter Griffin death pose or whatever. Oh, I'm glad you had to be informed of that, Jake. It says a lot about your character as a person. <laughs> also, also just heard it referred to as the family guy death pose. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd be lying if I also didn't laugh whenever I saw that I mean, too. Yeah. Like, Surge also does it in one of the IDW comics and I about <laughs> fell out of my chair. <laughs> it's either that or the Yamcha death pose that I love to see in reference. <laughs> I'm still salty that I had to write the words Family Guy Death Pose into a Transformers Wiki article. (laughs) Nothing you guys say will make make this better. All right. uh, Well, with all all that uh, development talk out of the way, uh, how about we just get straight into the game proper? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So the game starts out uh, with your player character. Uh, arriving to the train and you get to do a little introductory thing where you find out that your character um, is a, how do you say, a quokka? Is that? I yes, think, a quokka. yeah, quokka or a you ever, If you've ever read those stories about the uh, island where all, with all of the uh, little uh, rodent guys that always look like they're smiling, that's what a quokka is. Mm-hmm. But you play as a quokka who doesn't actually have a name, but is affectionately called Barry throughout uh, the community just because of the social media team, you know, showing that. Uh, And, and so because it's a non-named player, player character, uh, you know, you can have fun with the name. We, uh, as like Sonic F total, including um, Kage Ichihashi and um, uh, Mystic Pyro Freak, we all played the game together, which by the way, is one of the best ways to play it with a group of friends, Mm -hmm. all like narrating different characters. Um, It's very good. Since I got to be, the main character, quote unquote, I got to name him, and just off the top of my head, I called him Carrot Cake. 
And it, that was a hit, apparently. <laughs> so our it's hero character. for it's a good name for this little bean. <laughs> but yes, the uh, the concept of this game is, of course, it's a murder mystery. Uh, definitely akin to the style of like Agatha Christie's like Hercule Poirot mysteries and stuff. They even say in the documentary that it was really a, a lot of the major inspiration was taken from the book slash play slash movie slash whatever else you can think of for the medium. Um, Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And the the way that the characters are all dressed up for this is just fantastic. Uh, Amy has a wonderful dress with like a cute little birthday cake hat uh, on her head. Because <laughs> it's her uh, birthday. Yeah. Yes, so everybody's gathered for Amy's birthday. And so they're having uh, a big murder mystery party on a train. Um, Tails is dressed up as a detective. Sonic is a... Well, he looks like a like a naval ship's captain. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, Knuckles is a sheriff, which, you know, your boy's got his OVA hat on. They were just looking for an excuse to give him the hat. <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> <much. God. laughs> um, Shadow is a locksmith, which, based on his outfit, you could also confuse him as like a butcher. So, <laughs> Well, no, he's that's like, Vector. Kind of like a paper boy or something. <laughs> yeah. Like an yeah. old-timey one. Espio <laughs> uh, is a poet, and has a really cool outfit. Um, and yeah, was was Vector a butcher or? Yep, yeah, yeah. Was yeah the butcher. he was a butcher. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a bloody apron that he clarifies as ketchup later. <laughs> and, and he's too often here. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is um, interesting to see how they kind of figured out where each character would fit best. Like I believe in an earlier draft, uh, SBO was actually going to be a doctor instead of a poet. And then they're like, oh, cool. Eh, that doesn't, doesn't quite work. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's try this. So basically just kind of figuring out what's best fits. Let's figure out what best fits their uh, role or like what we could get the most comedy out of and like okay we have their role uh are they going to be the kind of character who stays in character for the murder mystery party are they going to break character easily whatever have you and then i i did also see that at one point they considered having cream and charmy also part of the cast but ended up cutting them because they are six yep (laughs) yeah And uh, we haven't mentioned before, I think we're going to just be discussing full spoilers. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. just your, your, your last chance to, to skip this one if you haven't played it yet and want to go. You should blind. just go play it. Yeah. It's not yeah. very long and it's free. Yeah, takes about takes about three to four hours. The story does get a, a sl- slightly intense, I would say, if we're talking about in-universe involving, like, yes, the actual babies on the cast, like Cream and Charmy. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine traumatizing Cream like that in an official Sonic media? True. Mm, yeah, oh. true. <laughs> <laughs> well, she needed being traumatized by Cream. <laughs> she needed a she needed a break this time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also forgot to mention Blaze and Rouge are also here. Blaze is dressed up. I'm assuming like a, a very uh, fancy schmancy princess in like a long flowing gown. I think uh, they use the word debutante. Debutante, I think. One's a business tycoon and one's something else. A titan of industry. Titan of an, yeah, basically yes, like the whole joke uh-huh. being that what's the what's difference? The difference? Uh-huh. There is none. Yeah. <laughs> They're uh, both very is, fancy. <laughs> and Rouge is... um. What what was her role again? I forget. But she has a really cool outfit where it's like a blazer and a t- I, I love top. Rouge's outfit in this yeah. game. She's also like a high class businesswoman type yeah, basically. character. Like I I just want her to wear that outfit like in 
context outside of this game because I yeah. feel like it is. Yeah, it's a perfect fit. Yeah, speaking of Sega Hardlight, if they're going to sh- show up anywhere, like toss them in those mobile games, those extra outfits. Yeah. <laughs> I, I may or may not have already seen a Smash Brothers mod of Sonic and his ship's captain outfit. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and of course, we also can't forget to mention the you know best character, the conductor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is the conductor? Is he a dog? Like I, I, I feel like he's, he's a dog. some kind of. I feel. He's, he's a dog adjacent. I feel like he is. He's a Cornarian from Star Fox 64. Yes. He does a bit General Pepper. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like a cross. If General Pepper was Klonoa's uncle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He does have big, big ears. And I, I like how he's got the, um, uh, you know, the perpetual, like his eyes are in shadow because of his big conductor's hat. It's pretty cute. I was genuinely convinced he was going to turn out to be a villain at the end. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought that too. <laughs> He's well, related, but... You've got to have red herrings in the murder mystery. Mm-hmm. You know, I already like Barry Carrot Cake, whatever we're going to call him. But I also, I think the conductor makes for a good kind of uh, someone to bounce him off of at the uh, start of the game. And we're still figuring out, like, Bar- Barry Barrett Cake is very much... Barrett Cake. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, that's his government name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bar- Barrett Cake is very much sort of the player XP, so being able to put them against another character that is not related to the primary Sonic cast for that first kind of tutorial phase to, like, introduce the concepts of the game, I think works really well. And the conductor... I just kind of love what a big goof he is and also mm-hmm. how how much he kind of, you know, takes the piss out of Barrett Cake a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a very, like, he's a very, like, grandfatherly. Like, he, he comes off as a little, uh, you know, like, older, like, compared to the regular Sonic cast, he is definitely an adult. And I oh, think, yeah. doesn't he mention <laughs> uh, this, he is retiring after this yeah. last trip. It's his he, last day before retirement. Yeah. Death flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Doesn't he mention it's been, like, 20, 30 years he, or he so? He says 32 years because, you wow. know, Oh, 32 yeah. nope. 32nd uh-huh. anniversary uh-huh. god it's weird when they acknowledge time in sonic games these days oh, <laughs> Lord. but yeah he's he's really charming uh I, I like him a lot too and does a good job introducing you to like i feel like even if you're not familiar with with these types of games at all like this tiny little tutorial that's about five minutes of introduction like lets you know what you're going to be doing with this game how to click on stuff how to search how to choose your dialogue options etc yeah the ui is actually really nice on here really smooth really cool really pretty yeah and it is very very you know ace attorney danganronpa-y in its you know presentation there I think maybe a little more Ace Attorney than Danganronpa, but, you know, it's still a very similar thing of you've got the little icon in the corner, click for your inventory, that sort of thing. Yeah, and you can even present, like, stupid bits of inventory to uh, items to characters to get funny reactions. We did. (laughs) A lot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, the intro here is once I introduce you to all uh, all the characters... Uh, you, you talk to each one of them, you get their tickets, and then you even discover that, whoops, uh, Vector does not have his ticket. And you find it, uh, scrumpled up in, what, like a napkin holder? Yeah. Vector's so funny. He's like, oh yeah, there it is. Don't know how it got there, but that's mine. (laughs) (laughs) 
And there, there are really, there's so many good lines. Like, this writing, I feel like, almost perfectly fits in with, like, where, like, the tone they are striking with Sonic now. Like, it fits in really good, well, with the uh, the comics, like, Frontiers, like, even older, um, you know, games from uh, several years ago, just because there's a lot of really good uh, joke setups and payoffs with all this dialogue. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, like, they really do get the characterization down, at least the characterization as we understand it now. And I think at times, like, Amy kind of, I wouldn't say completely, but Amy slips back a little bit into the Amy that we used to know, who's a little bit, a li- no one say Sonic obsessed, but she, uh, maybe it's the character she's playing here. But there's that yeah. certain element of her, that, that giddy element of her that reminds me of Amy from back in the day. Not that there's anything wrong with Amy now. I really like how Amy is now. We had a whole discussion about the regression of Amy over a certain period of time. But yeah, there's a lot of joy here from her. Yeah, I, th- I think this strikes a good balance. Mm-hmm. I feel like that that stuff fits much better here because of the subject matter. Like mm-hmm. it's more of she is very excited about playing this game instead of like very excited to be, you know, chasing Sonic the Hedgehog. There is a, there is a better focus for some of her uh, more humorous outbursts. Well, she invited everyone and not just Sonic. So that's, you know, a good sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even Shadow. Yeah. <laughs> how much do you th- how much convincing do you think it took to actually get Shadow to come? Well, I don't know. With hmm. how his story plays out, um I probably not that much. It was it's it's very cute. <laughs> it is. Maybe he rem- maybe he's just like thinking back to that time in on the arc where Amy actually helped convince him and it wasn't Chris Thorndike. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. After, you know, Taking everybody's tickets, a good kind of introduction as to, you know, the basic mechanics of talk to talk to people, dialogue choices, click on stuff to occasionally find evidence. Everybody moves to their own separate cars in the train to play out their roles. And then the train speeds up and things go, no pun intended, pun entirely intended, off the rails. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, which is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then you're in the closet for a while. Yeah. Yes, but what about the game? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, so, you know, you get introduced to everybody. There's, you know, just some warming up throughout the game. Uh, And then the, you know, eventually the murder mystery takes shape. Um, You basically have, like, uh, your version of, like, a tutorial case uh, getting out of the closet, which is being blocked by a shelf, um, where you reveal that Amy tried to move the shelf with her hammer, but... Uh, snapped it right in two because it's not one of her good ones and she was embarrassed about it but you gather and present evidence and play your first little uh, think mini game which mm. oh I can't remember is it the conductor that gives you this bit of advice to no, imagine it was, it was uh, Tails what would Sonic do he tell, and, yeah yeah what would Sonic man somebody somebody on Etsy needs to make those bracelets yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, Tails describing all of Sonic's, you know, big feats of speed and Barrett Cake immediately, you know, is like, oh, it's just like one of my endless runner games on my phone. (laughs) And that, you know, transitions right into this little mini game you play every time you have to, like, come to a conclusion or do a present evidence where it's basically a little isometric runner game where you're playing as Sonic running forward, collecting, trying to collect 
a number of rings before the stage is up, basically Sonic 2 special stage style while dodging obstacles. See, this this is going to sound like a dig, but it's not. But to me, it seemed mostly like the uh, Mega Drive version of uh, Sonic 3D Blast special stages, but gooder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I love the the UI looks like a a like successor to the game gear that we never got. <laughs> yes, the, well, the dream gear. Yeah. Yes. With uh, Barrett Cake's name scribbled in on it. Yes. Because yeah. got it. How else are they going to know it's theirs? It did. You did like the little the little mini games themselves. That's kind of like a bit of a Danganronpa thing for me. Is like mm-hmm. okay, we need we need you to work out what's going to happen next. So let's shove you into this little mini game that will help you work it out. Um, a little less direct than the Danganronpa ones of being like, go down this path and you think this guy did it. Go down this path if you thought it happened in the library. Uh, go just- snowboard to figure out your own thoughts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and these are these are pretty fun. They take a little bit getting used to with the perspective, but also the game has a very extensive like accessibility options. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if they're if they're too tough, they just get frustrating. You can turn down the difficulty all the way to like i think they basically like you can just auto complete them mm-hmm. uh, yeah like in the interview with katie she was talking about how yeah we wanted to have some kind of a mini game in there because you know it's it's a sonic game so people expect like at least a certain level of speed to them so we wanted to give something in there to kind of break up the thinking stuff and get a little bit of energy in there but at the same time we didn't want people to be stuck on these stages for hours and not be able to see the next part or get to the end so they added in a lot of accessibility options you know turn off turn off pits lower the difficulty turn off hazards stuff like that and i think that that is very good imagine the sonic game um adding the ability to make the game less frustrating and horrible um, <laughs> not making you suffer to get to the next part and Anyway, carry on. Louder for the people in the back. (laughs) I just, you know, it's funny that this one has the accessibility options. And uh, anyway, Um, but yeah, it's kind of cool that they they, they got this. Um, What what was funny to me is I was like, oh, well, if Jake struggles on our playthrough, he can just turn one of those on. No, Jake was a gamer. (laughs) I was really surprised. Jake's wearing the gamer hat like Ian Jr., (laughs) <laughs> I think you only had to retry, retry like one or two. Yeah, and I think it was near the end as well. Yeah, was, yeah. You, you retried a couple of, I think you retried once or twice during the uh, final gauntlet. But like generally speaking, you were doing really well during those. <laughs> Thank you. It, it was fun near the end when we were like really talking about like, oh, he's a gamer. Oh, he's in gamer lean and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stands up, gamer. Come Stands on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I really like I really did enjoy those um those the special stages as especially as they progressed to get harder and harder. Um you know, partially because all my friends were cheering me on and I was doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> the power of friendship drove you on. Yes. Well I wanted to say like uh, I, I got a bit hesitant about it, but it's like the the mini game is fine enough, but that was like the thing I had the biggest issue with in the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? What well, not necessarily expected uh, that something would be in here. I guess it, it, this is one of this, these other things like I didn't expect it and it felt like uh, they went the extra mile with this thing to me because they didn't have to add it. 
like an, an extra okay. mini game into a visual novel. It feels very much like you, like you said, like it was kind of like they had Danganronpa in mind when they came up with this. Uh, but obviously they didn't have to do this. They could have just stuck to it being a, a visual novel and that's it. So adding a mini game in there does feel like, yeah, they put more effort into this than they needed to. Uh, but at the same time, like the, when, when it showed up for the first time, it was kind of fun. But then they, it kept coming every time you needed to present <laughs> yeah. evidence. And so <laughs> it quickly got kind of old to me and like kind of annoying because I just wanted to continue. Mm-hmm. And the, the difficulty kept, like, especially towards the end, they, they became very difficult. And I mean, sure, there are like all these options to make it easier. Um, and I could have used them, but yeah, but, but 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 my my pride didn't allow me to dial down the difficulty. <laughs> too much of a gamer. So, yeah, Gospel's a gamer too. <laughs> so at some point, I was like, I, I've come this far. I'm not going to turn the difficulty down now. So I, it's like, I, I, yeah. I had to do it, like how it was kind of intended, I guess. So like to be fair, you you can make it easier. You can more or less skip these things. Uh, but at the same time, it it was kind of too much. Like, I think it would have been better if you had, like, only one or two per train car or, like, per discussion. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it became too much for me. That's understandable. Yeah. It can, weirdly, a Sonic running section can, like, slow the momentum a little bit of the actual <laughs> murder mystery stuff going on. So I can understand that feeling. At the same time, I think that the ending is so much better because it's there. We'll get there when we get there, but yeah. I feel like it is a lot stronger because of the mini games. Well, well, yeah, for for the ending, it definitely made sense, to, especially to have like multiple in a row, and it felt very epic. But it's like on the way there, it like I, I kind of got tired of it every now and then. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And that, okay, that's... I need to make a basic, simple conclusion. Do I go left or right? Okay, time to think like Sonic. Okay. So like. I'm glad that you you stated your mind on that because as for me as somebody who appreciates visual novels and has only really played maybe a couple in my entire lifetime, I I actually really appreciated the breakup between visual novel for I'd say about eighty five percent of the game maybe a little bit more and then the rest of it being that that running mini game I I just like the breakup of it and I personally never got tired of it. Um, again, it might be because of a lot of the positive energy of having everybody you know watching right. and, and everything. Um, if if it would be interesting to go back and play it on my own and without anybody around and see if if I did indeed get tired of it, but yeah, that's that's just my perspective on it from somebody who, like I said, doesn't play a whole lot of visual novels but still appreciates them. Plays loads of Sonic, though. <laughs> it's well, I mean, it, it was fun, and it's like I can I can see almost like an, an an entire game just based on this. But like I said, like I'm as someone who is super into like murder mystery and or mystery stuff in general it's like uh, like you said before i i want to move on i want to know what's going on i want to answer the next question and like yeah. resolve the mystery and everything so like this this got kind of like in the in the way of that every now and then 
Right. Damn it, I came to play a visual novel, not a fucking <laughs> Sonic game. <laughs> I want the story. No, I get you. I do get that vibe. And sometimes I think like it was fine for me when I was playing it for the first time because I had Jackie there in the background. But after a while, I was like, oh, okay, enough one of these. Like I, I like playing them, <laughs> but it does like yeah, it slows things down a little bit. Yeah. But I guess they put these in there so people can be like, ah, oh, so it's a game now, mm. as opposed to a visual novel, as we know, which isn't an actual... <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I do at least like how they, they do mix them up. Like, uh, I guess it's mostly, it's most notable once you make it to Shadow, and he's literally like shooting his chaos spears at you on the track yeah. and so they they do mix it up and i think those all come back like in the final like yeah, the final stages when you're you're spoilers attacking the train as the real sonic but yes i i simultaneously like agree that i uh and with both points that oh yeah they they broke it up a little bit but like near the end like in my next my replays of the game i'll probably just turn them all the way down because i'm like yeah i did it once without turning the you know the the options on but uh, it's not really crucial to fully enjoying the game how do i make them harder (laughs) (laughs) man i wonder if somebody out there is working you know I, i keep seeing right now like the sonic hacking contest is going on i wonder if someone is out there like just porting all of these to that with new levels someone's gonna bring out like kaizo murder of sonic the hedgehog (laughs) extra hard version sonic's gonna end up actually dead (laughs) boy he sure isn't moving (laughs) Uh, which hey speaking of which once you make it out of the uh you know you're you're trapped in the very last car uh you find that sonic is there and he has been quote-unquote murdered um and poor Poor, poor Barry Carrot Cake before uh, Amy and Tails uh, come up and start playing the game is <laughs> poor Barry is like, hey, Sonic, you OK, Sonic? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then they and Amy and Tails whisk them away before they can think too much about it. <laughs> I love that Amy's reaction is like one of, jo- of excitement and joy at seeing Sonic dead. Uh, it, it fits considering the scenario, but yeah. <laughs> Like, yes. I remember seeing like a screenshot of that. And yeah, people were like, the first why trailer. is Amy happy? <laughs> <laughs> She's so excited uh, for her birthday and that this, you know, everyone is playing the game to, you know, maybe not see that Sonic is uh, actually hurt lying on the ground. But we'll we'll, we'll come back to that. <laughs> but yeah, then we then we move into the uh out of the dining car where Sonic was and into the saloon car where we find Knuckles. Yeah, at this point, Amy is basically off investigating on her own while Tails is your ever-loyal sidekick as usual, helping you investigate. And I love all of the little click points and other stuff you can investigate on all of these cars, even the stuff that doesn't give you evidence, like clicking on the window and seeing like, oh, hey, there's the remains of the chain from Sonic CD and there's Big <laughs> yeah. out there fishing and click on all of these little uh, banners to get a bunch of advertisements. Does it start in the the storage closet uh, in the caboose that uh, you can investigate the garbage? Can? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is always something That's in the trash can. <laughs> I knew, I knew, I knew you, you have to, you, you can't give up. You can't give up, Barry. You got to keep digging in that trash. Always. <laughs> with, with that, I was like wondering, because from I, I'm kind of 
of a very thorough person, so I always check everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But eventually it turns out there is something in there, and it's actually an important piece of evidence. So I kept wondering, what would have happened if I had not clicked on all the trash bins (laughs) beforehand? So this is where your gamer skills as a visual novel guy comes into play. (laughs) Exactly. Is there an alternate path somewhere? (laughs) Well, I guess it would have at least needed to adjust the dialogues but uh because it can't come out of nowhere like if you ignore all the other ones and then you just click on the last one that that they're like oh finally there's something in there so so they need to have adjusted something there but i i I didn't like go through the entire game again just to check but yeah i was curious about that someone needs to do the no trash (laughs) the no trash bin (laughs) room yeah (laughs) i wonder if there is once you make it to that that last uh trash can that actually has a clue in it if the care if you have not if you've given up or haven't clicked on any, if the characters are like, "Hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you look in there?" <laughs> you know, we can't, we can't leave this room until you do. <laughs> but I like that. Uh, even after you search that trash can with the actual clue in it, you can still move forward into another room, and you can tr- search that trash can too. <laughs> yeah, I think isn't there even a you can finally turn it down, and your character's like, you know what? No, I'm going to go out on top. I'm not going to bother with this one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But then if you click on again, it'll be like, okay, fine. There's always something in the trash can. Just yeah, immediate disappointment. <laughs> it's like, I must know. There was something similar going on with like, was it in a casino car where you could like keep playing something yes. and like wasting your money? And yes. so I, I couldn't, I couldn't stop. I did it like over and over again. And there still came new reactions at some point and I kept wondering yeah. too when when does this end and yeah, it's like then, like then I stopped and then I did it again and Tails had yet another reaction to that for me starting up again <laughs> at one point yeah. he says something to sort of like say I'm just going to be over here until you're done and I yeah. think that's like the indicator <laughs> there's going to be nothing new yeah it, it takes like <laughs> 9 or 10 clicks to get through all of those it's very funny um, poor, poor Knuckles. Uh, you know, you would think Sh- Shadow would be the one who would be the most uh, embarrassed to be playing along with this, but then Knuckles opens his mouth, and even in text, you can tell he is putting on the most <laughs> hayseed <Horse>. cowboy accent <laughs> to stay in character as the sheriff. Which he drops after like four or five lines. Yeah. <laughs> Just. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm keeping the costume. <laughs> there's also, um, just to point it out, there's a really great bit during that scene in the uh, in the saloon car where uh, you can click on the, the bowl of uh, salted peanuts and, <laughs> and Tails goes for a bite. And he's like, it's pretty bland. And then uh, Barrett Cake says, it looks like somebody licked all the salt off. <laughs> <laughs> and Tails reacts, spits them out, and yeah. then carries on with like, or they're just unsalted. One of those. <laughs> See, the one I think of in the car is uh, clicking on Omo Chow's wanted poster. And Tails is like, oh, poor Omo Chow. What do they do? A medical malpractice. <laughs> it's so out of nowhere. It's great. Yep, yep. Speaking of tales, by the way, I just wanted to point out, like, there is something about this tiny little boy genius detective character that's sort of like, you know, nudging you in the direction of trying to solve the mystery that gives me Detective Conan vibes. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. 
I love how excited, like, Tails slips right into this and loves it and is, you know, loves his little costume. I felt I felt bad because I saw people posting the, um, which I have not had a chance to read the whole thing, but the panel from the uh, the latest IDW Halloween special where he's dressed up as a little cowboy. What is, what is, uh, I don't know the context, but he says something like, Actually, I'm a cowboy, and I'm, I'm going, going full yeehaw mode. <laughs> and, like, Tails would not say that. I'm like, Tails is a super genius who is also a little boy who loves costumes, lives in a house shaped like his own head, and all of his wonderful technology looks like Fisher-Price toys. So I would say absolutely <laughs> Tails yeah, would go full yeehaw mode in a cowboy costume. <laughs> that is 100%. I would go full yeehaw mode. <laughs> The thing is, Jeremy, is you're saying this to Sonic fans who any time a moment of humor is uttered by a Sonic character, like, ah, that's it, it's ruined forever, uh-huh. I cannot believe this meta-era bullshit. Or, or is reminded that Tails is, you know, even if they don't have canonical ages anymore, Tails is a little baby boy. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I really love Tails in this game. He's, you know, he serves as like your guide, um, but also, I, I don't know, it's just such a great balance between him and the player character, like, throughout. Like, they, they really had to make sure that these two would bounce off each other well. It's a, it's a great dynamic, and I'm glad that we have, like, a our, you know, Maya Fey or our Kyoko Kirigiri to yeah. <laughs> little Miles Shuichi Prower there. Yep. The, the the little mystery you have to solve in the saloon car is why Knuckle first of all, you're you're you know, you're trying to establish everyone's alibis for who quote unquote murdered Sonic and why Knuckles is being so cagey about this broken arcade machine. This he's broken standing super in front monkey of. ball arcade machine. Yeah. yeah very specific. <laughs> And that, hey, speaking of Boy Genius Tales, just uh, fixes this thing with the parts lying around. (laughs) Not sure how he got the new uh, glass for the screen, but I'm not going to worry about it. Hey, maybe disassembled one of the the advertisements in the train. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, they, they do a full interrogation and it's revealed that Knuckles and Vector were playing Super Monkey Ball very badly until Shadow actually showed them how to play and then <laughs> things got better until Vector beat Knuckles' high score by one point and he smashed the machine. Which, <laughs> yeah, that, that checks out. So establishes his slightly embarrassing alibi, which Knuckles, I, I really like the, the balance they have between Knuckles is still a hothead, but he's, you know, he's very, he's very smart when uh, they start asking about things like subjects he knows about. And uh, I thought that was a real good balance. It reminds me of some of the, you know, the really good lines in um, Frontiers and the Frontiers prologue. Or, uh, you know, even like latest IDW comics, like anytime someone asks Knuckles specifically about like Angel Island and he just starts spouting off like, of course he knows all this stuff. So he has a very specialized knowledge set. Yes. Goes to show that we are we are moving on from Knuckles as a big, stupid idiot dummy who just punches things when he's mad. He's 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 a complicated man. Now, granted, he did actually punch something while he was mad in this game. Yeah, I was but still, <laughs> He had a justifiable reason. <laughs> he was mad at video games. <laughs> it was, he was a gamer and therefore well. consumed consumed with gamer rage like Surge the Tenric. <laughs> 
we move on to the library car where SBO and Vector are. Another, a lot of other like really good little uh, hidden things lying around. Uh, there's the picture of Ian Jr. as we mentioned. There's an Eggman yes. cookbook. <laughs> I just want to say I absolutely adore like Vector and SBO in this game because they have each other's backs anytime uh it, you know their their alibis are being questioned even when you you establish that SBO's is rather flimsy that Vector just jumps in like now hold on a second you know you calling the man a liar <laughs> it's it's so cute it's it, you know i've said it before but i i just love charmy's two dads here <laughs> <laughs> it is funny that the, neither one is a detective in this uh oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it works it, for plot reason. It makes sense. They're playing roles here um, and they don't have to solve any murders. I mean, Ve- Vector doesn't want to bring work home with him. Yeah, that's you know what? Yeah, you're right. He's he's having a time off. Vector's character does establish an important point is that he is a butcher with a stained apron. And I think several times mentions like, you know, if you got any meat, I'll chop it up for you. Except he mentions that when he tried to bring his uh, butcher's knife prop on the train, that it was confiscated because no weapons of any kind are allowed on the train because the built in uh, train security system and uh, what do they call it? Assistant arms. Um, you know, we'll make sure that nothing, uh, nothing unwanted makes it on the train, which comes back later. Ooh. Is that why Mighty the Armadillo is not on the train? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, his, his whole body's a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> his hands are registered. <laughs> call the call the veterinarian because these pythons are sick. sick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get your oh, get your catcher's mitt because you're about to catch these hands. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Espio is a poet and speaks in, I don't know, I am, I can't say I'm that familiar with poetry as a whole. Are, are his Neither poems good? Yeah. yeah. Are his poems any good? Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh. I thought, maybe, it's, maybe this is my bias from um, Luke's Knuckles brief shot, but I would have thought that Espio knew at least a little bit of haiku. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think there's might be a couple haiku throw in, thrown in there, but sometimes they're just silly like grade school level poems <laughs> he's also having to improvise these so true, true. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at one of his poems right now and it's just teardrops in spring or teardrops in the spring can you hear me sing la 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 d d d d so you know they're decent <laughs> so I, I guess the only thing i i can say about this is that i personally think those poems are freaking amazing <laughs> <laughs> all right i also love that every time he does a poem like curtains come in from the side held up by chow and i did check yes those are all the developers different chow yeah, yeah. i'd love the the presence the chow have in this game that they're like kind of just working on the train <laughs> like what you make it to the casino car like the whole scenario in the casino car is how to make it past the guard guarding the little elevator and it's just a chow with sunglasses and a mustache the same one from the chow in space short. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh they're so cute they're also the the band playing in the uh the lounge car as well yeah it's very very cute love to see those little buggers so we do establish uh, SBO and Vector's alibis for the most part. There's a little, as we said, SBO's is a little shaky, but 
you know, yeah, being able to speed read enough that he could recount a book he read from memory. It's, it's enough to convince us. And also it's worth noting that the whole time shadow has been locking the doors to all the other cars and giving keys to the others in case they need them. Mm-hmm. As, as the locksmith. Yep. Oh, and that also <laughs> Amy has been making it through the locked doors. No problem because the conductor gave her the birthday key. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. birthday that everyone tradition. gets on their birthday. <laughs> Everybody knows about the birthday key. <laughs> It's so funny. They keep bringing that up. Like, oh, don't forget, Amy's got the birthday key. Oh, of course, the tradition. <laughs> but yes, the casino car is where uh, Blaze and Rouge have been hanging out. And the casino car might be my favorite of the cars in this game. Yep. Like knowing Rouge, she has been on her uh, on her her side grind. Uh, she is trying to get into the vault on the train to uh, swipe some valuables locked up. In, instead of like interrogating Blaze and Rouge, like you have, and you know establishing their alibis, you basically get to play a uh, you know choose your path adventure of how they are going to sneak past this guard, get into the elevator, disable the security arms in the train, and then finally pick the pick the safe in there. And it's very cute. It plays out in the uh, the little Sonic. Um, God, I've heard it referred to as like Scott Sonic the Sketch Hog. The little yeah. uh, illustrations that go back. Back to like all the way to like the Sonic manuals from Japan, and it's uh it's super cute. Yeah. I love how large and square Tails's head is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it pretty much acts. It just you don't see the scene itself; you just see them planning it like Ocean's Eleven style, and uh, and that's it. and then they're like, okay, because you like pick and choose like your options, and some of them are valid and some of them aren't, but most of them are stupid. Uh, and it's great, <laughs> exactly. And some of them, you know, you can choose anything. So there is at least a level of variance for different playthroughs, and they've all got different dialogue. And there's a lot of like uh, answers that I really like the the uh, responses to. Like at one point, Barrett Cake has is like, okay, what do we have to do? And one of the suggestions is pretend you're Blaze's spouse. And Blaze immediately starts questioning, you know, what, what's your family lineage like? What's your in, what's your level of income? You know, you have to meet certain standards to <laughs> with the princess like yourself. And just really like leaning into it. I really like that a lot. I know. She, she basically politely and in her own way, you know, <laughs> looks at them and says like, Oh, honey, nobody's going to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't outright shut you out, but yeah. Well, with this whole uh, thing where, so where they're like, um, there were points where it's like, it didn't really matter what you chose, but in others it did or how, yeah. because it like, yeah. uh, I, I went through it and it felt like I, I kind of like picked the right thing every time. So I wasn't sure that does it really matter, but there was one instance uh, where I did get like a response where it's like, okay, this doesn't work. Pick something else. Uh, and that was also like, I, like I said in the beginning, I, I don't really know the majority of the characters. So like the, the stuff about Rouge being a pickpocket, I had no idea about that. I don't know like where that's, uh, if that's relevant in the other uh, Sonic games, but they did kind of foreshadow it like at the very beginning, uh, like in, in the introduction scene, uh, where she did like steal something something and someone explained okay she's a pickpocket and then it came like 
back later, I guess, uh, for for this specific part, where you, I guess it was li- like about swiping the key card. Yeah. And you could pick her, and that obviously made a lot of sense if you paid attention to that. Uh, but yeah, so so I guess like the two points that I wanted to make about this, like uh, for for one, they I, I they did pay attention to like addressing this earlier in the game for people like me who don't know this character and don't know yeah. that she is a pickpocket. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, yeah, I was curious, like what, like did I outside of this one instance, did I always get it right, or it, like did it really not matter in some instances? It's what's it's, it's funny is when I played it I didn't really make many mistakes. It turns out I turned out to pick of the I picked a lot of the valid ones. But then when we were playing our like group playthrough and we got like a lot of wrong ones, okay. it's like, oh I guess that's too ridiculous even for this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a pretty even split between uh actual choices and false choices that will always be right no matter what you pick. Which, you know, in the end it's ultimately to add more funny dialogue for people to read so it makes sense but like i i think of the i think the sequence works really well overall it, it, it was also like going back to what i complained about earlier it was a nice change of pace this train car because you didn't have to do the mini game like it was just <laughs> <That's> this. true, <laughs> true <laughs> actually but you do make an interesting point that they do even though this is like you know filled this is filled with sonic characters but they give everyone who's like not like a big sonic fan a chance to understand what these characters deals are ahead of time yeah uh, to make it easy to interact with them and work out what you're gonna do uh, I, I like that i like this sort of like this uh, newbie friendly approach to sonic stuff this is a great way of introducing people to the sonic cast in general i think well it definitely, it, it definitely worked on me like uh, i i really only know like the the, the original like I, I guess like the five characters like sonic tails amy knuckles eggman but everyone beyond that, uh, like I, I, they didn't really show up in the games that I played, so I don't know who they are. Um, I was also like confused later on when it turned out that Espio is actually a, supposedly a detective. So I was like, oh, is it is it really true? Like, is he a detective in the Sonic games? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, where does that come from? Or like the the stuff about him being a ninja? Um, yep. So that that was kind of confusing. Um, but I felt like they they did a good enough job with like explaining the the important character traits uh that even as someone who doesn't know the characters like you you get who they are and you get all the necessary information to keep up like it it didn't feel like this was just for people who are really deeply into sonic and the lore and whatever no it's for us too but it's it's (laughs) And it makes sense to have as many, like, if to pull from the cast of Sonic to build up the, because you need a big cast if you're going to be doing a murder mystery mm. uh, train journey thing. Yeah. So it makes sense. And it also makes sense to give them these roles, so to speak. So they are kind of almost like a fresh version of the characters that you can interact with for the first time, like, without any knowledge that you might have had from the previous games. And this is also the chapter which my, one of my favorite bits, which is it all. One of the things I also love about this game is that it just plays fast and loose with the like the internal layout of the train. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the gag because it's like you know the idea that this normal sized train car has an elevator leading up to a massive vault. 
Right. Like, <laughs> it doesn't look like that at all from the outside. It's, you know. Yeah. There, Even the, the, especially when you get a hold of the blueprints. Yeah. There, there's like the whole thing about the secret passageway, which was like yeah. the thing that bothered me the most about this game. It doesn't make any sense <laughs> Absolutely whatsoever. Not. <laughs> it's just silly. Um, I guess there's a well part of me is all like well that doesn't make sense I'm trying to make sense of this murder mystery and you threw this at me but on the other part of me there's there's my brain that's like well I like stupid ridiculous unlikely sort of vehicles and things like that that you can have in a game like this I love the XS Express in Paper Mario so I'm gonna be yeah. all about this <laughs> and I mean once you find out what the train actually is near the end I think you could argue that oh Okay, well that makes a little more sense. <laughs> yeah. There's also there's also a great bit in this chapter where they get to the vaults and uh find the Fabergé chow egg inside. Yes. And then it immediately starts ticking and you have like 20 different (laughs) options to try to (laughs) figure out how to stop this thing. And only one of them is right. And like the cool thing is, as far as I could tell for that section, there's not actually like a timer for it. So we were able to, when we were doing our playthrough, we were able to have fun with just like clicking through a bunch of them and going through all the different funny options. (laughs) I, I I love the one where Barrett Cake is like, here, get away from me! I will cover the I will cover the blast with my body, to protect you all. <laughs> Blaze is like, no, don't bother doing that. You're too skinny to protect any of us. Like, you your body won't do anything. Uh, but like some of the funny uh, options are: um, eat the egg, have Blaze set the egg on fire, let Rouge kiss the egg, tell the egg to stop. <laughs> I, I love the eat the egg one because they're immediately like oh not without salt I won't Yeah, <laughs> and ultimately the solution is just don't do anything yep and the egg opens up on its own and surprise it's a jeweled chow thing that they actually do sell <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> the, what are these things called again? I've seen the, a few of them. The King the King Ice. Uh, yeah, I was about to, the brand name was something Ice. And it's I mean, look, <laughs> not going to argue with you that it isn't pretty dumb. Also, if money was not an option and also I'd taken care of all my other responsibilities. Oh, yeah, no, I'm a huge I might event. buy one of these little bastards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would too. <laughs> I fully acknowledge my hypocrisy. (laughs) Anyway, like you can still look around the uh, casino car even after you finish the heist, talk to people. You can can move on or you can look around. That's where we also get the slot machine joke we were talking about earlier, which is very good. After that, you move on to the lounge car with the big chow band. They don't miss. (laughs) They don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love the even the little chow on the drums. How is he hitting that snare? Properly? That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> I trained him. <laughs> I actually got kind of stuck with the band for a while because I didn't realize that. Like, I don't know what exactly was going on. Like, you can you have two options where you can have them play one of two different things. I guess. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's like I I, I did the, the first one, then I did the second one. And I just didn't get out of the scenario anymore. So I was like, what, what am I supposed to do? 
So I kept clicking between the two buttons, not realizing oh, no. I just kept restarting the music over and over. And I had to let it finish in order for this to stop. So I kind of wish they would have just added the third button where you can just say quit. But yeah, I kind of got stuck there. This is also the room where both the trash can joke pays off, as we mentioned before, and where they find the secret passage in the wardrobe that is filled with... Uh, what I'm pretty sure, well, for sure is Sonic's clothes from the OVA, but also what kind of looks like Scrooge McDuck's coat. I don't know why it's there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a weird one. Like, I was trying to think if there's some sort of, like, connective tissue here between DuckTales and this, but none that come to mind. Ben Schwartz. Mm, that's the closest thing. <laughs> that's the best I can come up with. I really like that this is where we get to talk to Shadow at length. Um, Amy's, this is, we finally catch up with Amy here and she's grilling Shadow about his alibi. And it's just really cute that you find out that he was in the lounge car and was actually locking the doors because he was trying to buy himself time to use the computer in the lounge car to order tickets to one of Amy's new favorite bands because he showed up to the party and realized he was the only one who did not bring a gift. Which isn't true because we also find out that Sonic was supposed to get the cake and he forgot! <laughs> but it's, man, it would be so easy to like right have this scenario be like out of character for shadow the hedgehog but it feels perfectly natural because he's a little grumpy but also being very sincere because he's you know he's he's being selfless in his participation in this game and i just really like it but also he's 50 <laughs> years old and really doesn't know how to use technology yes <laughs> I, I do not i'm not good with computer <laughs> Oh, poor shit. What was, what was the name of the band, by the way? Just the Big Chow, Big Chow band. band. No, 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 no. I meant the band, the band oh, that uh, uh, Hot Shadow Honey. was buying tickets for. Hot Honey. With their With lead. Jeremy B. Jeremy B. <laughs> <laughs> it's a B-boy band. Oh, man. This is also the car where, if you look out the window, because, by the way, you've been able to look out the window through, like, all the, well, I think most not every single one, but most of the uh, the cars and see different things. And um, this is the one where you get to look out the window and you get to see Big on a tiny little like Oasis Island just fishing, having a good time. He's here. Good for him. Further acknowledging, <laughs> further acknowledging our through line that Big's got his life together. He knows what's up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After finally, you know, coaxing it out of Shadow that that's what he was doing. We can move on to the conductor car, Shadow coming with us, along with Amy and Tails, to get the last pieces of the puzzle, as it were, and finally bring everybody together to determine who killed Sonic the Hedgehog before me. <laughs> you know, we get there and we find out, oh, the conductor isn't actually here. That's curious. And we get our big sort of confrontation where everything comes together. We have to look back at all the evidence we've collected. And surprise, surprise, Espio, the one person who had the shakiest alibi, Turns out to be the one who, quote-unquote, murdered Sonic using a blow dart laced with some kind of sleeping powder. Yeah, he took it too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the best part about this. He was not supposed to actually incapacitate Sonic, yeah. but he went the extra mile. Yeah, Sonic got actually poisoned. <laughs> he, he, doesn't, he doesn't know any better. He's, he's a shut-in. 
I mean, we're lucky. He's a ninja. <laughs> like, that could have gone a lot worse. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> Shadow has been known to use guns. <laughs> oh, man. I ain't even thought about that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, like, being able to work it. Because obviously there are plenty of clues, but it does kind of drop you in there being like, okay, who is it? Here's all of them. Pick it. And yeah, you can, you know, it, it's not too bad if you mess it up. But yeah, one thing I, I just like, I like having that, to work it out. Yeah, one thing I appreciate is that there is no way to get a game over. Like, I know there's a lot of visual novels that will penalize you if you make too many mistakes but you know obviously this was mostly just for fun so they wanted to make it so they didn't want to mess people up too much if they made a mistake which i think is good in the long run yeah no bad ends on this but yep yeah as they finally finish accusing sbo sonic is alive uh, yay can't believe they didn't actually kill sonic the hedgehog i know uh, <laughs> i never would have guessed no it's fine uh He's okay. Yeah, I will say, though, the big twist actually caught me off guard. Yeah. When Sonic, you know, says in his own words, the train's a bad Nick. The moment I heard <laughs> yeah. that, I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was so cool. Sorry, did that have any weight for you, Gospel? Do you know what a bad Nick is? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. Well, I I, I know the terminology from, from some of the games. Okay. So, so yeah. But I, I was also, like, very surprised by, by this twist, like, because it did... Like, I... Uh, once again, this is one of those things you you don't expect them, or I didn't expect them to go like the extra mile and have this kind of twist at the end, because they could have simply done just a murder mystery party and then call it a day, and it it was all just fun and games. So it was like I was kind of surprised. I thought this is over now, and then it just kept going for a good while after that. Yeah, that was pretty cool, uh, and very unexpected to me at least like i i don't know if like people were expecting something like this but i certainly didn't yeah i definitely agree like if you are you know looking for it you can clearly see the clues being set up leading up to this which is a good hallmark of any mystery game but if you're not super actively looking it can come out of nowhere and really surprise you but in a good way too so it's like you it does make you kind of look back at things as they've been happening up to this point, like, oh, okay, that makes more sense now. And it's like seeing it all come together is always the most satisfying part of any murder mystery game or mystery game in general. So I'm glad that they were able to, you know, pull that out like in a way that makes a lot of sense for the context of the story and in a way that was like, doesn't feel like it just was kind of an ass pull out of nowhere but really makes you think oh that's awesome like yeah i'm super into that yeah we get we get our reveal that yeah no dr eggman at some point converted the train into one of his badniks being powered by a flicky and has been using it like instilled it with an artificial intelligence that is not too happy about the conductor being about to retire and leave it alone so it has decided of its own volition that it is going to turn Sonic and all his friends over to Eggman and basically in exchange for a bounty Eggman has offered to make sure that the conductor will never leave and that they will be together forever. (laughs) I know kind of, kind of horrifying that Eggman just casually mentions like, Oh, you know, I put a little something extra in this one's artificial intelligence and it just kind of sprung up on its own. (laughs) Which I mean, this is I want to I want to say like spoilers. Sage makes a little cameo at the end of this, but want to want to imagine that this was like 
a result of his experiments that would lead to Sage like being a full fledged like artificial intelligence life form. Um, but yeah, messed up Eggman. <laughs> yeah, and, and I love that. I love that. You know, the root of the plot is. Oh, yes. No, I had to take over the trains because when I'm ruling, I need to, you know, make sure I have a handle on infrastructure and everything. You're t- like, yeah. <laughs> your public transit is absolutely terrible. Yeah, because, you know, because at the end, like when Rakeman takes over again, everyone will be like, well, at least the trains are running on time. Thanks. I to mean, <laughs> you're not even wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they thought about it that hard, but yes, literally. Um, I also love the casual observation earlier that Eggman also supplies all of the casinos on this planet with yeah, of course <laughs> with their supplies and uh, machines and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> like Eggman's got his own side hustles going. I think like, but when it comes down to it, isn't it funny? Like, I don't think so far there's been a, a train murder mystery where the train was behind it all in the end. <laughs> so this is definitely <laughs> not something take. you see often, and I appreciate it. <laughs> I feel like the only way that would work would be in like a Futurama episode. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they kind of did that with uh, Sigourney Weaver in the Space Odyssey parody as well. <laughs> <laughs> the train announced its plans and basically shoved everybody back to their original cars. Sonic and Barrett Cake are back in the dining car. That's where we get Eggman going on his whole soliloquy about his plot. I love how dismissive he is of Barrett Cake. Like, you try to, you know, say something, he's immediately like, who the heck are you? Don't talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) You're named after a confection. (laughs) I'm in the middle of something here. Grown-ups are talking. (laughs) After that long discussion... With uh, with Eggman between Sonic and Eggman, um, they basically uh, Sonic and Barrett Cake. It basically transitions into the final mini game gauntlet. Of one of yes, them. Um, where you're where you're saving everybody from their individual cars, and I also appreciate like some of the little additions that they make to the to like the special stage mini stage uh, runner parts, where you have like the train to the left of you, and then mm. uh, later on you have it in front of you, and you're running towards it, and you're dodging things, and the robot arms are like talking at you and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I love that the first uh, minigame segment has you running through all the cars and it's literally like taking the backgrounds and the hazards from all the previous versions of the minigame and going through them one by one by one, including a new casino variant. And it's, it's, it's cool. It really kind of gives you the feel of this is how far you've come. Like it's all led up to this. I think it's a good way to kind of set the stage for the grand finale. Almost to justify all those excessive amounts of, <laughs> of uh, running stages you had to do, because uh, you needed to do them to train to fight the yeah, to train. train. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when when we were playing it um, after the whole the train is the bad Nick thing, uh, and when we were doing the mini game thing, I I was almost kind of mentally I don't know if I actually mentioned it when we played through, but I was mentally preparing myself for like an Undertale flowy kind of thing, <laughs> where like the game was going to get like really like crazy and creepy all of a sudden <laughs> i mean obviously they wouldn't do that because you know it's a free game for everybody but i mean they like, they kind of imagine do. if imagine a free re- <laughs> imagine a free visual novel that messed of you on a meta level <laughs> hmm. <laughs> like quit to yeah like they they wouldn't have it like quit to desktop and <laughs> unlaunch yeah, itself I, I so. <laughs> and i know chris appreciates that this is the one like overt stc reference in the game yeah i mean i didn't actually select that and i feel silly for not doing that 
but yeah, you you do have two options. It's like one is, are you going to turn us into robots, which is cool. Like, oh, I haven't done that in a while. The other one is, are you going to send us to the future where you've already taken over? I was like, oh, like the very basis of most of Sonic the comic. I can't believe they reference that these days. <laughs> Well, they're bring. I feel like they're bringing in more Sonic the Comic stuff now that like they're trying to go for like a one, like everything is valid kind of thing. Everything is canon. Oh yeah, everything <laughs> is canon. <laughs> I mean, they brought back Nigel Kitching not too long ago, so and Richard Elson. Any, yeah, anything's possible. Maybe, hopefully, let's see. Maybe, man, I would just be happy with some, uh, you know, like retouched print, qu- uh, very good quality reprints of that book if it's possible. Saw someone make their own like fan made ones and they looked amazing. Yeah, dude, really... give me give me a link to that, please. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I get it. <laughs> yeah, that brings us into the final minigame gauntlet where Sonic is running alongside the train. Basically, every time you complete a segment, it attacks a train. I love the music in this segment. It is, you know, we joke earlier about Flowey, but no, this music is very Undertale. Yeah, I think I think that like that combined with everything else that's happening and all of the hazards popping up, and it really gives it that epic feel that you want for a quote unquote final boss battle. And just really, when when you finally beat it, it just feels really satisfying. And it's also, you know, every time you hit the ring counter and do some damage, the train is you know doing its evil villain thing. It's actually kind of heartbreaking just talking about how lonely it's going to be without the conductor and how this is all being together forever is all it's ever wanted the conductor's like train i can't do this i was younger back then i'm tired now it's just really it's surprisingly emotional honestly. yeah like i i feel like again you know like gospel said you could have just ended it at the you know with the end of the murder mystery party but no they actually managed to put in a surprisingly like emotionally resonant subplot about this train's motivations and everything and i think that that is part of the reason why this game is so good and why it like clicked with so many people is that it really like leans into like telling an interesting story beyond just having a mystery to solve yeah yeah without having a final boss that completely ruins your enjoyment of the game at the last we're not retreading old territory I didn't ask to be a sentient train. I just wanted to ride the rails with you forever. <laughs> like it, it's it's also satisfying that you know they set up the whole thing with uh, you know the character backstories and tales talking about how his backstory had him betrayed by a he was a detective who was betrayed by his flicky partner that went to work for Doctor Eggman and then you look and it's that same flicky powering the train inside. Yeah, <laughs> somehow <laughs> it's really satisfying. Like especially seeing you know that Espio is the one who saves the Flicky to make up for what he did, and Amy is the one who ultimately stops the train. Like, the characters who I think needed to be involved are, you know, the most prominent in that sequence, and I think it really works well to kind of concluding their quote-unquote arcs. Well, speaking of these characters getting to do what they need to do at the end, um, I I like that in, like, the final illustrations before you get to, like, the last couple minutes of the game when the train is being destroyed <laughs> i love that amy like delivers a blow to the front that like is just absolutely crushing like it like it's severely dents in the top of the train <laughs> and like knocks it off the tracks and everything it's wild that's all that bo- it's all that boxer size she did yeah yeah it, it paid <laughs> off <laughs> get a cute moment of amy getting knocked in the air by explosions sonic catches her she blushes you know 
the good stuff. Oh yeah, the good serotonin. <laughs> uh, but yeah, after after you beat the final boss and you have, uh, like we mentioned earlier, that really sweet and endearing uh, conversation between the conductor and the train, everybody finally uh, disembarks. Disembarks. That's it. Uh, <laughs> thank you. It's fine. <laughs> so yeah, after that final mini game and after that really sweet and endearing. Uh, cutscene where the conductor and the train are talking everybody finally disembarks and you know takes a moment to catch their breath uh we have another really sweet scene where um the conductor's wife runs up to him and they hug it out and you know everybody kind of just takes a moment to breathe and then they celebrate uh amy's birthday sonic actually does have a cake finally a a collision (laughs) chaos cake Yes, that Sonic zips away and comes back with acting very casual, like, hey, look what I got. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then we get a really great splash scene with all the characters on there celebrating, uh, even a few chow on there. (laughs) (laughs) One of the uh, one of the casino chow with like the the glasses and the mustaches there. It's great. Well, it is a collision chaos cake. I forgot about yeah. that. I love the. Uh, I love you get to choose your choose your own epilogue with your <laughs> character as <Yeah>. well. Yeah. <laughs> they mention. I think regardless, don't they mention that like the people seized back the uh, train system from Doctor Eggman? Yep. <laughs> but Good for but we also can't gloss over the most important scene. Yes, speaking of Doctor Eggman. <laughs> <laughs> Sage and Metal Sonic with their shirts that say "Let's, Let's Go, go Dad. Dad" as they are left <laughs> eternally waiting for Sonic and his friends to be delivered. <laughs> that train's never making it here, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that like that was a not just is that a great moment. It's the first Sage appearance in something that isn't Sonic Frontiers it's officially. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I was incredibly happy for that. Sorry, Gospel, you won't know, but uh, Sage is really good. <laughs> <laughs> She's Eggman's AI daughter, and we love her, and we'll protect her at all costs. And we're not, by the way, we're not like headcanoning, like, oh, it's her daughter. No, like he actually in the game says, daughter. oh, no, he straight up does. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's very much like an arc of, you know, oh, this computer program can't be a person, but what if she was? <laughs> it's, it's very good. <laughs> am I am I ready to be a dad? I think so. <laughs> I'm ready for those tax benefits. (laughs) (laughs) I I have been racking my brain trying to identify if that island in the background of Eggman's screen is from anything. I can't necessarily. That's not one of the Starfall Islands. No, actually, wait. No, I think that is. uh, What is that? Uh, It's it's Isle Delfino. Oh, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, same brain so hard. Oh man. Yeah, no, I think I think that is what I think that is one of the uh, islands from Frontiers. I could be wrong, <laughs> but I like there. There's just so much comedy in this final scene with Doctor Eggman because after they realize it's not coming, he's like, "Draw me a bath," and then Orbot comes in and says, "The happy rubber duck or the angry one?" And the happy one is Sonic, and the angry one is Eggman. Yeah. <laughs> and it's those ducks you can buy, right? Yep. Yeah, it sure looks like um, it is. the uh, whatever those I think ducks with a Z or something. <laughs> angry. <laughs> oh wait, I'm looking at it. It might be the North Star Islands from Superstars. The, the Oh, like, oh. I'm looking at the two, the map sort of lines. Oh, yeah, it's mm, interesting. Maybe it's like could a be, could be. Yeah, wow, might, what a, maybe an early tease before we even knew it. That's yeah, that's clever. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. If that's true. 
Which is kind of funny because he'd already been there a long time ago, but that's something. Maybe he's just reflecting back on that that old mission exactly. where things got really hard at the end. Okay, carry on. <laughs> uh, one thing I want to just like drop in here and mention real quick is I learned recently that there's... So if, if you're familiar with like the type of car called the Jeep, which I think most of us are, yes. uh, apparently there's a thing in Jeep culture where if like like different people who own Jeeps will have rubber ducks and they'll like to show appreciation and camaraderie within the community, they will leave like a rubber duck on people's Jeeps and like you'll see people with like a row of rubber ducks like on their dashboard and stuff like driving down the road because they get so many ducks and all that to say if I had a Jeep, I would absolutely have the Sonic and Eggman ducks up there on the dashboard. <laughs> I mean, I do have a Sonic air freshener that's been hanging from my car for like over a decade now. <laughs> Does it still have a smell? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe one day you can get all your ducks in a row. And but up, up, but up. Anyway. I learned surprisingly more about Jeep culture this episode than I was expecting <laughs> yeah. to. In that, in that I learned anything about it. Um, well, that kind go. of wraps up the game, right? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you get the little little uh, epilogue from your character. Don't you get to pick everything from, like, they stay on, you know, and are happy with their railway job, to that they became a billionaire and flew off into space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, so let's see. Uh, some of the options are um, Barry gets to say, like, either he quits his job or he's stuck with the gig. Uh, he either practices singing or won millions in the won millions in the lottery. <laughs> um, and after that, he managed to fly to space or now runs a local supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. What a great game that has no right existing, but I'm so glad it does. <laughs> and it's yep. like especially after going through the game and now like knowing what we know about the development, it's amazing that all of this started with like the social media lead, like going up to somebody and like at the Sonic movie premiere and pitching it. And like, it just feels good to know that like a pitch worked and that it had the time to develop and become what it did. Yeah. All, all credit in the world to Katie Krasinowski for pulling this all together. And yes, yes. that is her voice doing the think before every mini game. Oh, cool. <laughs> It's just such a cool concept, and it's you know somebody who has tinkered with doing visual novels for years, both playing and trying to design them. Like anytime somebody can finish a game like this, it's you know it is no small amount of work, especially for something that you know they've talked about how they went with a visual novel because as it's something that would be sold for free, you know they didn't have a lot of resources to work with, so it's. It's cool that they were able to pull together something as like polished and just clearly as passionate as this and make something that is really has resonated with people both inside and outside of the Sonic fandom. How do you feel about it as someone who actually makes visual novels gospel? <laughs> well, I'm it from from beginning to end it is like it is very well done like um especially when it comes to the like the mystery genre they kind of they did everything right. Like they followed the rules. They set everything properly up. There's foreshadowing and everything. You have a fair shot at f figuring things out by yourself. Like not that it is like particularly difficult. There aren't really any like major mistakes or whatever where it's like no, you sh you shouldn't do it like that or whatever. Uh, so I really like like I said I. I was extremely surprised by how well this was done. 
um, and uh, how much effort was put into it. There's, there's like really just like a couple technical nitpicks, like technical issues. Uh, but uh, that kind of like there, there's some weird shenanigans going on with the weight commands sometimes, uh, where it felt like is is the game frozen all of a sudden? Is it about to crash? But I guess they just like did something with the weight command. There, there are a, f- a few points where like nothing is moving on the screen, and it it gives like a weird impression. But outside of like those like and it's really like it, it kind of threw me off but it's like it's over and then you forget about it so that's really just more of a nitpick although it is something that could like easily be fixed um but yeah outside of that it's like i don't really see any like issues with it like i, I like everything worked for for me like uh the the characters the setup the, the humor um and it was like well done like the the gameplay uh, or the interactive elements like with being able to examine the backgrounds and how much you were able to examine there's even like cases where you can uh, you can pan the camera to a different section of a train car to see even more of it and find even more to to examine the stuff about like presenting evidence and everything um it, it was really well done and like it checks all the marks for what you need to do with this kind of thing. Yeah, I like it a lot. And I like that it was a smart decision for them to give you, like, not let you play as one of the Sonic characters, but to give you your OC, so to speak, who <laughs> who's the kind of person who sees Sonic the Hedgehog and is like, oh, who's that guy? Because uh, <laughs> that's a great, like, entry point for yeah. people who might not know much about Sonic, is there's this guy who's like the... I guess the audience character in here who's just like, what's going on? Who are these people? Uh, I don't mind that. That's a, yeah, great a great sort of introduction, having this clueless little guy. The, the the general vibe, like, even though it gets a bit darker as it goes on, the general vibe is very lighthearted and jokey, which is, you know, what you'd expect from, like, Sonic and social media and a lot of its content these days. But I just think it's really charming throughout. So, yeah, I'm all about this. For sure, which, you know, I've seen a couple of people wondering, you know, would they ever do something again like this for, you know, another April Fool's Day joke? Obviously, it's going to be coming up relatively soon. But, like, I have to ask, like, I don't even know that that's necessary because it's like no matter what you do, you're not going to capture the same magic in a bottle twice. Mm -hmm. And it's like I would rather they, you know – I don't think it is reasonable to expect them to try and top that again the next year or no, 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 no. Like, I I don't think that's even something they should be thinking about because like murder of Sonic the Hedgehog is kind of, was kind of the result of a perfect storm of circumstances and an idea and everything else. And I think that trying to do that again would only serve to kind of like, I don't know, just, it wouldn't be the same, and I think that they shouldn't try to like repeat the formula forever. Because as much as I love the idea of more narrative-focused Sonic stuff, like visual novels, and, you know, it's the reason why we've been reading the comics for so long. It's yeah. like, yeah, I, I think it's best if this just lives on as a one-off thing, just this unexpected, really charming little side project that you know, maybe gets referenced again down the line in other Sonic stuff. But by and large, I think it's kind of 
perfect for what it is and it doesn't need to be replicated. I do agree. Uh, I do feel like there is, like, they don't need to do a sequel, but I think there is definitely potential for doing, like, Sonic visual novels in the future. Yes. Just like, there are ways of telling Sonic stories that don't involve running around, and granted, we had some running around in this, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I would very much like to see another Sonic visual novel, but I, I guess they would, like, um, they, they should switch, like, the genre. They shouldn't do a murder mystery again. They should no, they no, should no. definitely do something something else. Like, I... I I would really like to see like a zero escape type of like escape rooms oh, Sonic game. Yes. Like like I, they literally they literally made a joke in the last chapter about how wow this murder mystery's been really fun. Uh, we should do something like this again. Have you guys ever done escape rooms before? <laughs> oh, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. yeah, I feel like if uh, okay, this is what the third or fourth time I, we've said it out loud. I was about to loud, say the same but, thing. A team chaotix, uh, you know, we, we say like a telltale style, like detective game. But I mean, yeah, if you were going to do something like this, they didn't get to be detectives in this one. Like, hey, let's 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 mix it up. Or the biggest thing I take away from this is I know this like y'all have been saying, this was definitely like a lightning strike that they shouldn't try and get to to strike twice as far as doing the exact same thing. I really hope the impact from this, even though this being a free game um, that, you know, I think did very well, I hope it opens up the door in the future. Like, we seem to have a, a an interesting uh, a revamp of Sonic titles going like, hey, we got Frontiers, that was a big 3D game. And, oh, we got Superstars, which is a, you know, a more classic title, but still a big release. And I hope the success of, of Murder of Sonic opens the door to like, hey, can we do like more spinoff Sonic titles like... You know, like back when, uh, all, all the way at the back, you uh, uh, mentioned Gospel that like Generations got a big 3D release on, you know, PS3, 360, PC, etc. But then got a portable version that was basically its own little game. And I kind of miss when you could do like side games like that. Like when yeah, the, when the 3DS too. was a big thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I know that the, the Switch is basically taking up that whole genre, but... I don't know. I just hope we get more like spin-off games that are are, you know, take take some more creative risks that don't have to be exactly traditional Sonic games but can still be fun like yeah. this. Like I would love if this led to, you know, little smaller experiences putting Sonic into other genres that are, you know, a little more unconventional. Obviously they've done all sorts of stuff, racing game, fighting game, RPG. But a lot of that stuff has fallen off over the years. And I would love to see them, you know, get back to trying other things. I mean, you're not going to see this sort of stuff from Mario, sadly. Yeah. Instead, you're going to get really good, solid main title games. But, you know. Oh, perish <laughs> not. That have unlimited dev time and are finished when they're finished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. Mm. We'll we'll get to it. We got we technically got to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. Chaos control. <laughs> like we said, like they shouldn't try to make visual novels like a yearly or twice year, like two, every two years kind of thing. Like they they shouldn't make like a production schedule out of it. But I would like to see more visual novels in the Sonic universe, and maybe it's just because of the time that we're currently recording at the time of the season. 
I think like a Halloween based visual novel would be really cool. Ooh. I would like that a lot. <laughs> I would like Halloween anything with Sonic, to be honest with you. Oh my I mean, god! I did something in the comic. Just give us some spooky. Give us some more spooky Sonic. Hon- like Scrapnik Island. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, I would love if they used visual novels as like kind of a multimedia tie-in thing with something in the comics. Like, oh that yes. would be, yeah. I, I think oh, that would be gosh, a great wow. way to like integrate the comic original characters more into the mainline universe you know we, the, the devs did say they wanted to bring in uh, they were thinking about bringing in idw characters and like i would like that yeah i would like that yes. very much indeed like, if, if we had you know a tangle and whisper visual novel with the occasional like little gameplay segment here and there i think that would be a great way to kind of spend more time solidifying the links between the comics and the mainline games uh, <laughs> and like a rts game between sonic and surge <laughs> see how that goes <laughs> eggman tower defense game where you have to build towers but sonic is just too good and just obliterates everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is kind of the murder of sonic the hedgehog in a nutshell like i said it has no right existing but i'm so glad it does yes an April Fool's joke for free uh, could have been something they th- th- they threw together, and by threw together, sent a bunch of interns to crunch in a month or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, mm. But no, this is made with love and uh, put together well, and it doesn't disrespect the already massively disrespected genre of visual novels. And it's a murder mystery. I love those. Kind of. It kind so of. So you said one. this was like the, the the best or the most or both reviewed uh, Sonic game. It was the highest rated. I believe it was for a while the highest rated Sonic game on Steam, and it's still like, if you look at the Metacritic score, I think it is higher than most other Sonic games. It, it is very accessible, so I I kind of wonder like what kind of effect this like how many non-sonic fans are going to get into the sonic franchise through this because at least like for me like after playing this and seeing all the characters i feel kind of like okay i kind of want to know more about them now like where do they originally appear in and like play the actual games to see where they're from what their deal is and that sort of stuff so i wonder like what kind of effect it has i can see that happening because this is like a sonic a way for people who don't necessarily want to play the sonic games to finally meet these characters in a way that shows that they can show off their character because it's a story i i saw the interview with the like with the creator too and i think they even mentioned something along the lines like that like that they hope that this would would kind of be like uh, something for like new Sonic fans that like where they fondly look back on later with this getting them into the series like how the original games did for them or something along those lines so I, yeah. so, so that went uh, through my head just now and I wonder like yeah maybe that's actually going to to happen because again like this is very accessible in the way it was presented and made where you don't have to be a, a, like a Sonic freak to know everything like to to get along with the characters and the story yeah, you don't have to be one of us now <laughs> <laughs> and like like you said like it, of course it's free so it's like a lot more people are going to be inclined to to check it out and like personally as someone who who is making visual novels it's like 
um, I'm always happy to see when people get into the, this genre in general, like they, they try out a visual novel, like maybe, maybe someone yeah. who'd never played a visual novel before and like looked down on them, but they're like a hardcore Sonic fan. So they need to try this out. And then they're like, well, actually visual novels aren't that bad. Yeah. I, I could definitely see people playing this and being like, you know, I actually kind of like how this is and graduating on to, you know, something like an Ace Attorney or a Danganronpa or even, you know, something a little more niche. I mean, the best way to get someone to get into a genre of a video game is to give them a good one to play. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad that this one that has all this crossover potential um, was a good one because yeah. it could have been that really bad, uh, <laughs> but it really, really wasn't. I think I think this game also makes good a good new standard for what has evolved over the years into companies, especially game or internet based companies like doing April Fool's jokes and then like actually making products out of the jokes or whatever. Kind of like, you know, like mm. some of us are familiar with like the strong bad joke about April Fool's Day jokes where <laughs> we're like, look at this wacky thing that will actually sell to you later for like twelve ninety nine or whatever. All that to say, I think this makes a case for an April Fool's Day joke, as we said, that's not slapdash. That actually has time put into it, and that's actually of good quality and is publicly available for free for people. And you know, you can still have something that's tongue in cheek and funny, but it's still a great product, still relevant to April Fool's Day, and doesn't feel like a cash grab. Feels like an actual yeah. piece of something that you can enjoy. Yeah, it is a glimpse of the passion and love that. The people who work on Sonic now have for Sonic the Hedgehog, so yeah, that's a good way of sort of like drawing people in. Plus, it's got Rouge the Bat in it, and someone's going to play this game and be like, "Oh, she's kind of a baddie though. Uh, maybe I should play <laughs> Sonic." She's kind of batty though. <laughs> uh -huh. Anyway, Sonic's dead. Yay! Mm, not really. Oh, <laughs> got better. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, but that's how they killed Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, ironically, by making a good game this time. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Rest in piss. <laughs> so the final question we have is, Gospel, do you think that Rouge is a baddie? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, um, I'm going to say the I'm going to say the following. Like the the other day, I was seeing like the like the Lego account like posting a teaser image of like the Rouge Lego figure, and I want it. <laughs> oh yeah yeah i remember chris shared that like somebody said that it looks like she's wearing like a turtleneck sweater without sleeves in a boob window <laughs> ironically uh, sadly though this is the most flat-chested rouge <laughs> <I've ever looked. laughs> with sonic dead uh i think that's going to that's going to close things off for this episode of the hill is always greener uh yeah uh if you want to find us on the internet and all the social places you can find me at F-A-U-L-E-R-R-O across the internet. I love that jingle. Uh -huh. You can find me <laughs> on the various social media sites at Cyberlink420. Uh, you can find me around the internet as Game Buddy, sometimes with a 123 on the end, and still on Twitter at Great Job Jeremy, G R and the number eight. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on all the socials as at Rock the Jake, and you can find me on Twitch as Mr. Rock the Jake. I'm Gospel DS at the end, like everywhere. So, oh, dual screen. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> actually, Dark Soul because Mega Man Battle Network. Oh, okay. oh. ooh. Uh, by the way, y'all should play 
the, the currently available and soon to be later available video games of Gospel because they are oh, very good. I play. I discovered Gospel through playing Shinrai: Broken Beyond Despair on Steam, and it is a fantastic little visual novel made by a small team. And oh, it gets you. It's gonna get you. Like this, like the murder mystery game we played here was pretty simple, pretty fun, unexpected in the end. But this one, oh, it's gonna get you. So play it. It's good. Adding to cart. I'll have to check it out. Mm-hmm. Purchase for self. <laughs> Oh, he just see. see I don't think you were going <laughs> to promote it, so I had to do it for you. <laughs> and install content. All right. Well, oh, wow. Luke, <laughs> live on the podcast. This is, this is the second time that Luke has bought something from Steam <laughs> during the podcast. <laughs> we're going to get you to play Yakuza Zero one of these days, Jake. Yes. <laughs> I let me let me be let me say for the record, I want to play it. Just life is so freaking busy. <laughs> That's true. Yep. Yep. We, you got to play it so we can do our Yakuza Zero episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we got to have something ready for April waiting to do that. Why don't you tell us about the game you got coming out as well? Yes, please. Eventually. Uh, well, actually, I, I, I did like make a, an update uh, today re- regarding the release because originally we, were, we wanted to release it this year, um, but the like like the final good release opportunity would have been mid November. And we're not going to make it until oh. then, because it's like afterwards you have you have like this, this Steam Autumn Sale, which is immediately followed by the Winter Sale, and it's like the the, mm. the end of oh. the year is like just packed with sales and new releases, and like every developer fighting over people's like holiday funds. So it's not really the ideal time to release like a oh, <laughs> like, like no, a no. indie visual novel and hope for people to buy it at full price. Um, so yeah. But this episode's coming out in January anyway, so don't oh, okay. <laughs> part of it. <laughs> but but yeah, so it's like we 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 have pushed the release into next year. I'm not quite sure when we're going to do it. Like uh, the, there is a Steam Fest coming up early next year, which seems to have like the perfect theme for what we're doing. So we're kind of aiming for that. But yeah, the the goal is still to have the project finished before the end of this year, at least. Like, even if we can't release it. Mm. So Mm. we're pretty far along. Well, if it releases, by the time this episode comes out, we'll put a little drop in saying, go buy Genba. It's you really can also good. do that and just ask people to wishlist it. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> nice. Everyone wishlist Genba, Mokizna, right now. It's got dinosaurs and death in it. Ooh, two All of my right. favorite things. Best of luck crossing the finish line <laughs> as a developer. Amen to that. Yes. Well, thank you. Well, it's about a, like, uh, a guy being eaten by a T-Rex animatronic, so I hope that's going to be an interesting enough hook for people to check it out. <laughs> I mean, I'm already sold. <laughs> okay, uh, special thanks as always to Amy Waters for the use of our theme song from the album Gotta Go Slow. You can check out more of her work on YouTube and Bandcamp, and we suggest you do. You can also follow her on the socials at Amy Waters. Oh, yeah, she's on the socials too. She is, yes. Oh, I feel bad when people are on social media. It means they have to see all of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and remember to subscribe, review, share, etc. You know at this point, but in the new year of 2024, when this comes out, we hope more people listen to this podcast because we have fun doing it, even if sometimes we don't have fun preparing to do it because of <laughs> certain game. Okay, I'm, I'm getting Again, ahead of myself. We already uh, did this calling back in time. time. <laughs> yes, we did it last time. Uh, so... Next time we finally did it, we have reached episode 50 
of the hill is always greener. And to celebrate that, well, a game came out round about, oh, what was it, 30 years ago since uh, the release of that episode coming out soon. And it's, it's Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Well, technically, and Knuckles didn't come out, but Sonic 3! Sonic the Hedgehog 3, the game, uh, which will hopefully still be relevant. <laughs> Oh god, the movies really threw things off. Uh, but <laughs> Sonic 3, we're going to be talking about that. Uh, Sonic 3, especially when attached with Sonic & Knuckles, is my favourite Sonic game of all time. So mm. very excited to finally complete our journey through the classic era of games and talk about what I feel is the high point of classic Sonic. The big one. It's, it's going yes. to gonna be a very interesting episode because Sonic 3 is one of those ones that's like, I have not played... I feel like I've played two a lot more than i've played 3k just over the years but i it's been a while since i've played 3k start to finish and i'm super excited to do it again because no no amount of time will diminish how good that game is and i'm super eager to relive it once more and there's a lot of lot of developer behind the scenes lore, even aside from the obvious music stuff. To it feels to like we through. are learning new stuff about that game every day. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm excited. It, it is still one of my favorites as well. But until next time, I have been Falero. I'm Cyberlink. I'm Game Buddy. I'm Rock the Jake. And I'm Gospel. And well, who is this handsome young frog? <laughs> 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 I don't even know where that's from. That's just, well, okay. This is just me, me when I watch Captain Laserhawk. <laughs> <laughs> this has been The Hill is Always Greener, and we'll see you on the other side. For episode 50! Woo! Woo!